0: the concept of homelands or land parties and how we can actually deepen relationships through in real life gaming. It's a big part of what we do at Forge Gaming and wanted to talk to you about. It. So what we're going through today is a little bit about our story, sort of where we came from as an organization, Forge Gaming, and then gaming and gospeling. Um, I'm gonna hand the lapel to Steve and he's gonna do a little bit of a talk around, hey, this is some of the heart behind why we're doing what we're doing, um and some of the the backing there, right? And then I can actually go into a lot of the pro tips about what we actually do when we 're running a party or a land party, and then just some question and response so that 's kind of the agenda so uh, land and story, right? so um, we were just talking about this josh the the old school like what is a land party right looks like it's in basement too. It is so this is like a basement like this is uh, this is urban legend and land community, but it's uh, there's a guy actually duct taped to the ceiling in there. Um, this was a group out of Michigan that did this, and they uh um, <clears throat> they just decided that one guy was just going to get duct taped to the ceiling and, and play Counter Strike, and so they did that. But like, what what is a LAN party? I mean, yeah, real quick. did you know they recently reenacted that? They, the the original group? I did not know that. <laughs> okay, then we got to we got to find that. But like, you can see like the poor graphics. They're playing like Counter Strike One Six or whatever. But like, you know, the what is a LAN party? Right? It's it's a gathering of people that's going to plug in their computers. They're going to play games together, usually in a house, usually somewhere else. Um, you know, where they can play physically in the same space. And uh, back in a long time ago, this was actually a necessity, right? It was something that was done, you know, out of need. And in this case, it's really small, right? It's just done at someone's house, right? Like in a basement with someone duct taped to a ceiling, which is fantastic. And then they go all the way as big as like multi-thousand person setups, like giant sponsors, like all sorts of setups. Um, and I've done, we've been to DreamHack. We've been to QuakeCon. We've been to a large number of these that are like really big and, and drive a lot of attendance and sponsorship and there's a sort of like tension between these two honestly because a smaller land group um, is a typical it's um, almost like a little bit what I would call higher risk in that there's way fewer individuals and so it's kind of like if you're not getting along with those folks you're not playing the same games you're gonna be like why did I do this right at a large event you have tons and tons of people that are just everywhere and so it sort of changes a little bit about the thought about you know how many different people might I interact with and so a little bit about you know our story about how we got started was um, this was actually a picture of the first land that we ever held it was in 2011 i think was uh when we did that and this was just 15 people just around you know, some folding tables and a, and a server. And we were, we were, we we're super happy. This was the first land party that we ever held, right? And so there's a handful of us there. Um, and, and nobody that's actually here except for me was actually in that original photo. But then, like, the, the event that we ran uh, in 2016, we had 135 folks register and attend, right? And a lot of what we're doing there is just sort of um, we're trying to, with large events like that, um, we don't necessarily see them growing past like a 200 marker. And it just sort of made, made a conscious decision to say like, hey, that's kind of going to be something that we do because of the difference that we talked about in size. If it's small and at a house, it's almost like a house land is very, it's like communal, right? It's very small, it's very tight-knit, right? A larger event, there's lots of people that you don't know and it's a great place to explore and you know, build community, learn who people are, play games that you don't normally play and just have a lot of fun there, right? So the, you know, the, I get this a lot, right, <laughs> right? Why? Why, like why do you do this? Like why do you like literally unpack your computer, throw it in your car, lug it across like to some place and then plug it in and play the same game that you would have played at home anyway, right? Like the the why does this even happen, right? And I mean, it was originally because technology required it. In the 90s, you couldn't play a game with someone except if it was over a dial-up connection. So we were like, okay, well, to play this game together, we need to come together at the same spot. So technology required it. In the 2000s, it became well, because why not? We're used to it. We can play on Xbox Live, but we don't necessarily. It's better when we're all together. We're used to it, so we'll do that. And now it's evolved purely to social experience. It has has moved completely away from a technology need or anything like that to where we're saying, "Hey, this is literally just people trying to interact and be with people as a part of what you know you're doing as a part of a LAN party." And uh, you know, the why for Forge Gaming was a really interesting story. and uh, it really came out of uh, just one sermon that, I, that hit me particularly hard when I was a little bit younger in life and going to college. And uh, it was a guy by the name of Jan Streitem who basically said, hey, you need to be using your design and the gifts that God has given you in the ways that allow you to exemplify his awesomeness with the most potential, right? So a lot of what Jacqueline was talking about too and saying like, hey, you need to use your creative design for that, you know, um, uh, the, the value, right? And so the example, the illustration that he gave is, you know, um, if you look at a BMW, fast car, sleek, very good, zero to 60 in a great time, great traction control, great everything, um, super terrific. Um, How's that going to work in a cornfield? Probably not great. At the same token, not sexy, not sleek, not super fast, zero to 60, not at all. (laughs) But at the same time looks, uh, looks really dumb on a racetrack unless you have like gone out and like done one of those bus mods where, you know, it's got, you know, boosters on it or whatever. But in a cornfield, it's going to work exactly the way that it was designed to work. Right. And so this was the illustration that he gave is, is like, you need to understand your created design and the gifts and abilities that God has given you. And you need to run forward with those. And at that moment, I said, I looked around, I'm like, well, I'm a nerd. And I love games, and I love being with people that love games, and I love LAN parties, and I wish there was some way that I could, you know, tie those things together and minister to people that are around me in those spaces already. And so I was already attending a bunch of different multiple LANs, and I said, you know, I'm just going to start one, and if no one comes to it, that's fine. But that was that little first, like, you know, gathering that I showed you, and like, where now, you know, on rolling average, we have about 40% new people that have never been to an event before at every event. And that's really cool for us because what that means is it's growing outwards and people are saying, hey, like, I'm going to pull you into this. And our real goal for that is to honestly, with a large event, is to expose people to who Jesus is and invite them into that community, right? And say, like, we want to do this in a really loving way. So, so at that point, I'll hand it over to uh, Steve to talk over uh, some of the, the gaming, the gospeling, And then we'll switch gears after that to some of the, the, the technology hubbub, right? Oh, pardon me. Shuffle. Cool.
1: How's everyone doing? Yeah. Awesome. Uh well I'm Steve. Uh quick thing about me. i'm losing my voice. So uh oh, no. it'll be fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen, brother. I don't know. <laughs> um, so uh we'll do what we can here. But um <clears throat> yeah, real quick before game into gospeling, um I met Joe uh because our churches, like he was at a church and I was at a church and our churches merged. And then I was a youth pastor, and uh, Joe was like, hey, uh, I want to do a land party in the youth space. And I was like, why? (laughs) Yeah, and so I thought it was weird at first. I don't know if I told you that, but um, I thought it was weird. But I'm like, I'm down for whatever. I used to play video games. Uh, And then Joe got me playing video games again. So uh, thanks for that. But um, we did it, and it was great. It was a great time. And I saw this ministry grow and I was like, I got to be part of this. And so, and by the way, I was the one guy at the LAN party who brought the iMac. And so that was hilarious. I, for many of our lands, I gamed on an iMac and it was glorious. <laughs> um, so I was uh, ostracized in many ways, but um, it was fun. I was a, a, an Apple genius for many years, so um, I, it was a good excuse. I don't know. Um, so I uh, was so excited about it. And we were just like, man, it became a really great LAN party. It was really fun and we were just like, how do we uh, help focus this more on discipleship and Jesus? And so we turned it to a not-for-profit and we started expanding and doing more things with it. So when we talk about gaming to gospeling, um, I really wanna ask you a question here. So why, why do you game? Assuming we're gamers here in some sense of the word, right? Whether it's tabletop or video games or whatever, why do you guys game? And so when we're talking about gaming to gospeling, one of the missions that we have is, uh, at Forge Gaming is to share the story and message of Jesus to gamers. Like that's, that's one of the most important things that we know and we wanna share that. And so what a great uh, thing gaming can be because people that don't follow Jesus have the same conclusions as you do. They see it for community. They see it as healthy and unhealthy escape, right? All of these things that they can and can't do. So how can we meet them and reach them in that way? And so I just wanna give uh, a passage here that I think about often. Um, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 19 to 23 says, For though I am, and this is the Apostle Paul, I can give you more context if you want, but I'm not trying to do all that. So uh, Paul is just saying, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. So he's talking about people that aren't following Jesus, right? So to the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. This is really kind of hard to say out loud, <laughs> especially when your voice is like this. But 22, to the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. So, <clears throat> excuse me, as my voice is still getting crazy. Um, all of that craziness that Paul is just saying, let's just focus on this yellow part. I've become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. So, <clears throat> sorry. So he does it for the sake of the gospel, okay? So when we think about why do you play games, all of those things are true and real and good. But I want to implore us to say, can that be a bridge, right? Who is your friend that you know that doesn't know Jesus, right? How can you help them come to know Jesus through gaming? And it looks like I'm getting really sad and emotional, but I'm not. <laughs> like, how are we seeing that with the people that we know and that we love? Are we sharing life with people, right? Um, I'm a pastor. Uh, that's what I do. I'm a missions and the care pastor. And so a lot of churches, a lot of pastors, they'll, they'll talk about, like, got to share the gospel. We got to share the gospel, right? And I think that's true. But I think that's some of the things that we're learning. And uh, even at, uh, with Jacqueline is like, The gospel is good and that's central and that's true but have you shared your life with somebody right because what speaks clearly with the gospel it's your life being modeled to others and so i love what paul is saying here is like we did all these things for you we loved you so much we were so um, desirous of being with you um, that we didn't just share with you the gospel which is the most important truth that we know and that we believe in but we what we shared ourselves with you too and so how can we, as we think about gaming, as we think about with Forge Gaming Context, we're trying to take like our big lands. Like I said, we have one to 200 people lands. Um, how do we take that smaller? right? Because um, those are fun. Thank you. You're awesome. Um, I have treats over here. Great. <laughs> That's way better than coffee. Thank you. Um, so <clears throat> uh, do we think that way? Okay. So when I asked you that question, why do you game? I would, I would propose maybe thinking, well, I also game, and you said it, bridge, right? Well, I game because I love my friends that don't know Jesus, and I want to share this with them, this experience, right? I want to share with you uh, a guy named d who's part of our ministry, uh, a volunteer in our ministry, and he does this stuff awesome. He, uh, he plays Destiny 2 for us every week, and what I know about D-Waz is Um, that that's his gamertag but also um, that he is a guy who he loves people and he loves reaching people and he loves doing it through gaming and so one of the things that he does is he intentionally plays gaming um, and plays Destiny so what he does is he gets on and this is so basic but he gets on Destiny and he does raids with people he doesn't know and he befriends them and so so much to where we have a guy named Jiggy who um, he's been playing games with for years and, and these relationships take years, okay? Because a lot of times, gamers, we're at a deficit with them with the gospel, right? Maybe they've been to church, they've heard about the church thing, and it was a bad experience a lot of the times, a lot of people we run into, right? Which is cool that they come to our ministry because they like that we're promoting salt-free gaming, and, and they like that space. Um, but with d he, he met this guy playing Destiny. He's played with him for years, and um, what is he doing? He's praying for that guy all the time. He's inviting us to pray for him he's invited us to play games with him he's inviting him to our community to play games with him. and so we we do something called Alpha I'll talk about that in a little bit but after each of our LAN parties that we have we try to invite people into the community and so we're doing that through something called Alpha has anybody heard of Alpha before okay just me and Joe cool Alpha is just like um, is it in person or online kind of evangelistic like it's not a Bible study in fact, they recommend don't doing a Bible study, <laughs> which, I, which I appreciate. They're like, no, share life with people, and here's some curriculum to help you. Um, do a meal, if you can, with people, and um, just learn about, like, what is the struggles of life, you know, who is the biblical Jesus, and come in with a ton of questions, like question everything. And so it's a space that's open for that. And so d was he invited Jiggy, and um, It was a great time for him he stuck around which I didn't think he would (laughs) you know sometimes when you invite and and one of the things we say is uh, if you're a follower of Jesus and you're coming to Alpha like you need to invite somebody who doesn't know Jesus okay if you want to be part of this because it's not for you this isn't for Christians it's for uh, a community of people that may not know him okay known Jesus and so he was part of that and um, we got to love on this guy and help him out with some things. Um, even the first night that we met, um, he jumped off early. And I just heard um, that him and Diwaz were going through a lot of like, personal stuff that he had never opened up to Diwaz about over the years of gaming. And so we spent time praying for him. And I wish I could tell you that he's come to know Jesus now. He hasn't. <laughs> and that's kind of how this stuff goes. It takes a ton of time. And we're actually trying to get him to our land. He actually, he's actually from Canada. And so we're trying to get him to our land party this next weekend. We'll see what happens, but those are just some, uh, like one story of engagement that we have, um, and there's plenty of others that we can go through. Um, I want to talk about just like a pathway for engagement. So one of the things that we do is our like ministry philosophy is we want to first go where gamers are. Okay, and so that's what DWAS does, right? For example, he's like, I could I could play Destiny two and entertain myself like crazy, and that would be really awesome. Okay, some people think that about Destiny. I do not. Okay. Um, But he does. And so what is he doing? He's going where gamers are intentionally. And so our thing here is what we want to try to do is empower followers of Jesus to actively seek out gamers where they are actually at (laughs) through non Forge game branded stuff. Right. We don't want to be about Forge gaming. We don't even care if they know our names, anything like that but how do we go to different conferences, online spaces, gaming events, game stores, lands, et cetera. And so we're trying to equip our people to go both in the online space, but also um, other local things. Like, hey, we could either easily go and meet at a church. Like for example, we were doing, we're starting D&D monthly. We were gonna meet at a church because I'm like, I'm a pastor, I know churches. We can meet there. But I'm like, but we don't want to, (laughs) because we don't want church people. We want to go where gamers are actually at. And so we're going to a tavern that has beer. And that's great, okay? because people like beer. And so um, there's beer, and there's games, and it's a tavern. And so we can invite people to that. We need to go where gamers are. We also need to bring gamers into our community at some point. right? And so uh, how can we intentionally invite gamers that you meet uh, as you go about your everyday life um, uh, or in these intentional spaces to various Forge Gaming things or other ministry things? Like we would love to invite people to LTN stuff, things like that. We don't care. We just want people to be in gospel community, right? That don't know the gospel. And so that's part of our strategy. And then we would love to help discuss real life things and hopefully the way of Jesus. So how can we go where people are at, meet gamers where they're at bring them into our community so they can see that we're not entirely weird uh we are but <laughs> not entirely um let them open up so they can discuss real life stuff right and so that's where that guy jiggy is at right now and we're hoping that we can get him into discipling him into the way of jesus so he would come to know jesus and so that's kind of like our pathway for engagement and i would just propose that that doesn't have to be a ministry pathway that can be a personal pathway for you right um, intentionally think, why are you going to play this game, whether it's tabletop or whatever you're playing, but how can you intentionally go and befriend people, um, and then what can you bring them back to, to being in a community, right? So here's some tools for engagement. I talked about Alpha for a little bit um, already, but Alpha is a great tool. It's free. Anybody can actually use it. Um, if you're looking for something to say, like, I don't know where to start, I don't know, um, how to bring people into something maybe you're good at going but you're like not great at bringing okay Um, just start an alpha group we can help you with that Um, the people at alpha can help you with that and it's just a really easy way to facilitate conversation around uh, the biblical jesus around the things of life and there's tons of tools tons and tons of tools that you can use um and then Joe's going to talk next. But uh, the last thing I'll say is, um, or maybe the last things I'll say, <laughs> I don't remember how much time I have. But I have my voice back now, so I feel good. <laughs> All right. Um, so as, as we start to think more about um, the homeland party, um, what we're excited about is to say, hey, we've done these lands. Um, we're going to do our 19th one next weekend. You guys are invited. If you want to come to Ohio, we'll give you $10 off or whatever, um, if you want to play games for 26 hours and have fun. Um, one of the things that we really want to empower our people to do is to do this stuff at home because you can okay to bring the land party um in the traditional sense of the word um into the modern sense of bringing it home and why would you do that and joe's going to talk some more about that but i think what's important is um you can play pe- with people online but there's something just about being in proximity right and so we've seen people in our ministry do this um, our friend tommy he's done that really good he's taken what we've done and he, he took it to his home. He's like, well, and he, he called it old man land. <laughs> um, I think he did, and um, he just started bringing his friends to his house. He's like, hey, uh, we could play on our computers uh, away from each other, but what if we brought our computers to our house and hung out? Um, some people, and, and the one guy in there, he's like, well, let's brew beer together, because that's what I do. Um, let's do these things together, and that has been an awesome way to engage uh, for the gospel, and so um, there's tons of tools and resources, but I just want to say, hey, how can we focus on the gospel? How can we go where they're at, bring them, and that's one of the ways that we can bring them, okay? So Joe's going to talk about, like, pro tips on doing that kind of stuff.
0: Sure, and the one thing I would add, too, is that um, there's a very real attractiveness to someone that participates in salt-free gaming of any kind whether that's you know oh thanks steve whether that's in person or online at a table or on a computer or on a console there's a very real attractiveness to folks that are saying hey we lose we win we try hard sometimes we fail sometimes we succeed and in all of those adversity like if somehow folks are like hey we're upbeat in this. We're trying together. We're encouraging each other, right? We're um, basically, if you can somehow play Counter-Strike with the fruits of the spirit, wow, what is going on inside of your brain? And that is a very real thing that makes folks say, hey, like, that's attractive. What's different about you that, like, somehow you can get headshot from spawn three, three games in a row and then come back and do some great things, hopefully. But, like, that doesn't, that doesn't get you down, right? You're, you're trying to, you know, self-improve and a lot of that is like, I'm like, hey, we can do that because a lot of that is like we have the love of Christ in us that so we can say like, look, like I'm, we're playing a game. Like we're playing a game on a computer, on a system, and it's super fun and it's great. Uh, but like it, it's a game, right? And so like keeping a lot of that in mind and moving forward is, is really important and keeping that attractiveness because everybody wants to play, be on the team of that person. Everybody wants to be on that per- on that person's team. And it's like, that's what we're encouraging a lot of our folks at LANs that are more senior members to be like, hey, you need to be that person. You need to be that person to the group that you're bringing, to all the folks around you, so that they can really start to ask, hey, how do we do this? Um, and so some of the pro tips for just, you know, running a LAN at your house, right? So there's, there's two main aspects of this, right? There's social and there's technical. So there's, there's the people side of everything, and then there's, like, the nitty-gritty stuff, which that's – the nitty-gritty stuff is, like, what I do for work. I'm, I'm an IT consultant, so there's a lot of that that goes with Uh, but uh, in the social spaces, right, so when we think about why we're doing this again, we're doing this for the social aspect, we're not doing this because of technology limitations, so consider the length and the seat count, right, understand if you're going to invite people in your home, just have real clear, you know, boundaries like was uh, said earlier, right, about like, hey, it's this long, it's this many seats, and, you know, we can do everything we can to make everybody fit, but we want to be considerate of those, like, around us, and, um, and that might also be in our home, Uh, plan for food definitely like if you can say like hey we want to make sure we've got food there make a plan for that take game preference into account this is really important right if you have somebody that hates Catan and you invite them over for a Catan party they're not going to have a great time right it's the same thing for a uh for for computer gaming right it's understanding hey like we're going to probably play these couple games or whatever so communicating uh is going to be definitely a you know an an advantage and over communicating Never hurts. We communicate so much the week leading up to our events, and we still have you know, nonstop questions the entire time. So it's like you know overcommunicating is always a good thing. And then plan for fun, right? So try to think through, like, hey, like, what, what can we do for fun? What can we do for taking breaks? What can we do um, just to keep, keep fun in mind, right? Because uh, as we heard this morning, like, we were designed for fun, right? And, uh, um, and be ready to call an audible. If something's not working, if you need to make a change, you have, you have technical difficulties, you have glitches, just be ready to call an audible and be like, "Hey, like we're gonna maybe change some of this up, or you know, you lose the internet and you got to play a game offline, something like that, right? Be ready for that." Um, so that's pretty much it on the on the so- social side, right? And along with the social side, you know, just being ready um, to address all sorts of questions. So there's two main things when you're talking about like from a tech perspective. Uh, there's power and internet, are the two most important things when you're talking about an event like this, either at a home uh, or at large scale. So um, when you're talking about power, this is actually really, really important, so if you don't know a lot about power that's fine, but if you open the panel in your house, and there's a breaker box, there's 15 amps, and there's 20 amp breakers usually, and all these things do, if you're unfamiliar with them, is it's actually really simple, they just heat up, and if they heat up too much, they open the circuit, which kills the power. So if you've ever run too many vacuums on one thing or whatever, crock pots and breaker chips, that's exactly what happens. It's pulling so much power that it actually opens it up and says, OK, we're, um, we're just going to make sure our house doesn't burn down. So it's a safe, it's a safety feature, right? It's a good feature. You do like breakers because you don't want things to burn. You want things to just turn off instead. So the usual guidance that we have is, you know, four to six gamers per 20 amp circuit and three to five gamers for a 15 amp circuit. Uh, and that sort of depends. If you're running a bunch of laptops and switches and Xboxes, um, they're not necessarily going to be like this. So you can typically fit more. But this is just guidance that we've developed over, you know, 10 years of running LAN parties and saying like, hey, if you need to unplug something or run a cord, just run a cord. We've unplugged soda machines. We've unplugged, uh, we've made, manufactured things for washer dryers. We've done all sorts of weird ways of getting enough power to a certain place. Um, So along with that is this is usually what ends up happening is a breaker trips and no one has any idea what goes anywhere. So it's just a good idea of saying all right, well if this one tripped and we've got like you know eight gamers on it and that one tripped and now everybody's having a bad time. It's just good to know ahead of time what goes where and how many things are plugged into each you know socket in each spot. Because, you know, hey, the, the microwave is on the same circuit. Dang it, right? Somebody microwaved a burrito and now everybody went offline, right? So, like, it's understanding exactly what you need to, um, where you've got these mapped out. And you want to try to have them so that you at least understand them so that they're clean and don't people accidentally plug in the wrong spot. To find out what goes where, it's a highly complex process of plugging something in, walking around, and t- flipping the breaker just to figure out what goes where in the house if it's not labeled. And even if it is labeled, it's usually just like what we talked about, living room one, Okay, well what receptacles go to that breaker, right? And what's gonna trip? So just understanding about what power is going where, because if you have that mapped out ahead of time and a breaker trips, you know immediately what to do. You can do that with, um, with a GFI tester or with a lamp. So just running around. We like to use 12 gauge extension cords uh, if we're you know, powering up to four to six gamers because it's a little bit thicker. And even though they're rated for 15 amps, we like to just use thicker gauge wire whenever we can. It's a safety thing. The longer 16 gauge that you might see outside, that's OK. But you want to do multiples of those directly in an outlet, right? not, um, not having those chained together or anything like that. And on the topic of chaining, do not chain power strips together. This is something that we see all the time, where you plug one power strip into another power strip into another power strip, and uh, it's just really not good. Because what you can have there is there's actually little breakers, just like we were talking about, inside most of these power strips. Those can trip as soon as you start to get close to that, so, and most of those are 15 amps, so they'll trip a lot faster than a 20 amp and a breaker in a panel. We really like these, uh, the, um, the three-way adapters, because those are not breakers, and this is a 12 gauge one. It's a little bit thicker wire. Because um, use these instead of the you know, daisy chaining power strips, right? There's just a little bit better for that. And then it's so valuable to be able to tell, was that a power strip? Or was that the breaker at the panel that tripped immediately? So we have light up extension cords for almost everything. So that we can very quickly just look at the end of the, at the, end of the cord and say, that cord's hot. We know that it's hot. And that's great. So I love Will Ferrell's quote about, um, <laughs> about slow internet. <laughs> And how like how frustrating this becomes, right? So this sort of shifts into the internet half of the conversation, where when folks are gaming now, it used to be that we would play on a server at the LAN. Now even when people do esports tournaments; they're still playing just over the internet. Like they have they build these giant conferences, right? And they build around it, and they still have an internet connection back to where the game servers are. So the games are not actually taking place there; they they're using the internet to make that happen. And so, if you've ever played a video game and you've experienced some lag, you know you might have something like this guy's experience right here, where, like, it is just an abysmal experience all the way around because the game can't sort of keep up and everything gets out of sync and how it goes forward, right? And you end up, you know, crashing into things, things fall over, things spill, so it's like it becomes a very unenjoyable gaming experience when you get lag. So, um, some network guidance we have is run a wire. Um, this is why we do LAN parties. Like you can do wireless for small amounts of stuff, but for anybody that doesn't like lag, it's it's just always more basic to just run a wire uh, because it's 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 cost effective. It's easy. Um, even though like later I'm going to be like, hey, a router still matters. Um, connecting over wireless is not preferred as preferred to running a wire. Um, network uh, gaming traffic is actually very small and this is something that people don't necessarily understand, that when you play um, you know, a Destiny or a World of Warcraft or whatever, the amount of traffic that actually goes back and forth between you and the game servers is relatively small. What is not small is the download traffic. So when people are getting a game across the wire, like if you noticed yesterday when the Wi-Fi kind of cut out a little bit, I saw Bible X was downloading on Steam, and I was like, yep, I know exactly what's going on right now because it's like, it's a bunch of traffic that's sort of consuming most of that bandwidth. And that's, that's what can happen, right? So having good control over the network is really, really important, right? So you can encourage people to download first. It doesn't really happen. Um, but uh, have a quality router that you can have some sort of control over the network. So for larger events, we use uh, more enterprise-grade stuff. But for smaller things, just anything that's like a gaming router that says, hey, I can prioritize gaming traffic. Great. Do that and run a wire, and you're going to have a much better experience than if you don't. Um, and then there's uh, also something, we use a project called LandCache, which Linus actually just recently did a video about this, not too long ago, where um, it's basically you set up a server and all the download traffic hits that server and then shares it out over the local network. Huge for um, when, like, sometimes there's game updates same day of the event, and if it's a sizable one, everyone needs to download it to play. So you can't get around it. You can say I downloaded all my games ahead of time, but it doesn't matter if they don't have it. So this project is—it's an open-source project that you can just run it, and um, it's super helpful. And it saved us uh, now petabytes worth of bandwidth uh, over the years because then folks are not using that over the internet. Um, and it's for pretty much you know uh, Steam and Battle.net, Origin, you know Riot Games, all those. So but really cool stuff so and then have fun right i mean like that's what it's ultimately all about right so it sounds like it's kind of crazy and chaotic and it's a lot of things to think through specifically as you're talking through social and technical things to work through but in a in a smaller setting it's um it once you have the power and internet situation sort of figured out those are the first two things that we end up looking at when we're doing venue venue examination Um, we've had to rent generators in the past for larger events where the the power needs didn't fit the bill for what we needed and that's 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 kinda crazy. But uh, also at plenty of the big events at cons they're just plugging right into the walls, into the the big power stuff. Yeah, that's it. Thank you guys. Thanks, Thanks y'all. Appreciate yeah, yeah, appreciate you being here. Thank Perfect. you.